Live, this is the Camp Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. supposed to do. Live broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host Gary Holt, and we have a start of a show for you today. This Thursday, three days away from Valentine. So we're going to be playing a lot of music that talks about love of people and maybe a little love of horses. And uh, we're going to have a show. Our first guest today is a really good friend, and Miss Junie Fisher is going to be joining us. And then we'll be joined in the second hour of the show with Mr. Robert the Trailmeister Eversoul on Saddle Up America. But right, I want to go ahead and get to a great song from Junie Fisher. This is one called Ride With Your Heart Open. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with Junie today on the Campfire Cafe.
from the fabulous CD Listen. Jane Fisher is a multi-award winning singer-songwriter. She's a published author, a horsewoman extraordinaire, and she has some challenges we may talk about as we get to the show. But please welcome to the Campfire Cafe, our good friend, Miss Junie Fisher. Hey, Junie. Hey, hey, Gary. Gosh, I hadn't heard that song in a while, i got to say. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah, that it's was a great and, and Yeah. yeah and for a, more often. For, you should. You should. And for a, for a show that's featuring love songs, I think oh, a yeah. love song about a horse yeah, is a, perfect. A love song yeah. about horses and, and horsemen, and that's, yeah. That's yeah, right. We, it's a... It's a terrible disease. I don't want to make jokes about diseases, but man. No, 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 no. Well, let's keep, let's keep talk about from, keep you from being let's, able to afford drugs. I tell you that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you have horses, you can't afford much of anything else. But yeah. Hey, where are you today? I'm in Central. Pardon me. I'm I'm, I'm coughing up a lung, but it's not COVID. It's tuberculosis. I'm sure of it. Oh um, no. I don't, no, I shouldn't make jokes about that. I was on an elevator with my friend Katie Moffat, who's a great, great folks. Oh yeah, really well known. Yeah. yeah. And 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 she was coughing, and and I said, Oh, Katie, gosh, that tuberculosis is so hard to kick because it's kind of a joke, you know. And she says, I've had tuberculosis. And <laughs> oh no! Stuff, everybody else got off the elevator. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we shouldn't joke about that. We should not joke about that at all. Uh, anyway, gosh. I'm in Central California in uh, Tulare County in the San Joaquin Valley uh, at my mom's ranch. Uh, this is where I base when I'm on the West Coast when right. I'm touring, which I'm which I'm not right now. But my horses are in California, so uh, I needed to get back out here. Uh, in January and start riding so I could try to get to some cuttings this year. We're still having horse shows. Yeah. They just don't allow spectators. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if, if you're off your horse, you have your mask on. You know, they're doing everything they can. Although I say, well, yeah, you're loping circles out in the warm up arena. You're breathing the air of the person right in front of you. Right. So right, come on. Right. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> but I've been trying to get ready for some of that. And also, I can that way I can help with my mom some. Uh, she doesn't live here on the ranch anymore, but I take her to appointments and and uh, go play dominoes with her so she can beat me. Oh, geez. Gee, well, she'd, she'd she certainly does. beat I, me. I don't, yeah. I don't throw any games for her. And she still whips my, my behind <laughs> playing dominoes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, talking about uh, diseases, uh, this COVID has just put everything on hold Man, for everybody. I'll tell you, for, for everybody. I don't know yeah. one. I don't know one person who hasn't been affect, affected um, in an adverse way by this, and it's been so hard on on some people. For me. You know, I know people don't believe this about a lot of performers. Like, oh yeah, but you're so such an extrovert. No, <laughs> I'm a hermit, and uh, so it's fine with me to to go into hiding, not hiding, but go you know into isolation. I'm fine because I do whenever I'm not touring anyway. Yeah, I, I go dark. <clears throat> I'm not well, gregarious person out with my friends. I go from the house to the barn, the house to the barn, and the grocery store. So things really didn't change except for at the beginning of the pandemic, I was home. 
or actually we were in Jamaica when everything oh, wow. when the bottom fell out. So we we cut our trip short when we found out, man, they might be closing some things, some airports down. So right. we cut our trip short by a couple of days and got home. And we thought, well, it can't be as bad as they're showing on TV. And we got home and we were shell shocked. Wow. <laughs> you know how it was. Wow. You just looked around. Yeah. And, well, oh my and, God, yeah, no, there really isn't. Yeah. There really isn't bread. There really aren't groceries in the grocery store. I mean, it was it was, it was a little shell shock. And then I was home for five months. Uh, well, for two months, and then I flew out. I had left my motor home in Arizona. I was going to leave it there for a month. And at, at two months, I thought, I've got to go get it. I can't leave it sitting there. So I took a deep breath, put my mask on with a filter, and got on a plane, went and got my motor home, and then spent two two weeks driving it back so that I'd be isolated for two weeks. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I, I remember that. Machine. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to you right about that time. And I yeah. had my sewing machine in my suitcase. I took my sewing machine and fabric with me, and I and I, you know, took my temperature every day. It's okay. I can sew masks as long as I'm. <laughs> a whole new business I, was born. Whole the whole new business, business was, was born. born. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that kept me afloat. Golly, yeah. it kept me afloat. And I was there. My husband would say, "Are you going to come to bed?" At all? I go, well, I have this order to finish. How many more? I said, I got 20 more. I got to get out tonight. And he comes down at 530 in the morning, and I was just finishing. He goes, did you did you ever come to bed at all? I said, no, I had this order to finish. Jeez, and he geez. said, he would say, well, can't you do it like, you know, can't you like to stop for the night and do it tomorrow? I said, no, because I went to finish this order. Then I can take order for another 20. Right. If I, if I stop, I can't take that order for another 20. And he looks at me, but he's never been self-employed. So we said, you know, he, he, he has always been a company guy. And there's nothing wrong with okay. that. He's, but he's always no. So there's a stopping time. It's like when you're self-employed, you have an opportunity to make money. You make money when the orders are there. If you can't take them, they'll go somewhere else. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's how many theory. how many masks <laughs> have you made so far since this pandemic? At least. At least 700, and I, wow. I have numbers because I have a, a, a notebook where I've kept all my orders that I've sent, but then I also have lots that I've made for family, for my own family, and sometimes, right. you know, my farrier, you know, I'll look, at, looked up one time and my farrier had this one, uh, you know, soggy paper mask, and I go, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, Betty, I need you to stay well for me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jeez, jeez. So, well, it has changed. It has changed everything for so many people. It and um And it's changing the way people present their music. So have you done any mm-hmm. um, uh, Facebook Live or any of those types of things? Well, video. I've done video concerts where I make a video and send it in. And, you know, to do those, some people get real elaborate and do editing. I set up a camera on a tripod or my phone on a tripod I have a little corner here at my mom's place that's got some nice art and some good colors set a set a you know floor lamp close where I have extra light turn on all the lights I can and run right. it and and play and play live and if I have to stop and tune a string I do that and and I try to you know it's funny 
because they go, well, just do it like you do a normal concert. Well, that's not just playing songs for me. That's talking, too. Right, so right. I, but, you know, I have done that so much that it's sort of like recording a comedy album. You sort of, if you've done the material, you sort of know where you need to leave a gap for people to get in right. and then right. move on. So you have to kind of pretend that they're laughing or <laughs> wow. Wow. that they're wow. reacting to it. And then go well, I think it's, it's, been a, it's been a learning curve, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think actually, it's gonna have, I think it's going to change the way people present music going forward because you can so reach audiences too. that you could never reach any other way. Well, you know, I from think so too. And and I at first I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But it's like, well, wait a minute, we can reach people that would never have been able to come to a live show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's it's I, good for I, them. So even though I don't love it, I still love playing live, and I I miss it. The last time I played live was in early November. I wow. had an October, late October, and early November at two private parties in Arizona. Both of them were outdoor things, so I said yes, we can do that. <laughs> and mm. you just make a lot of space. <clears throat> but yeah. And and I loved that playing for people, and they actually reacted. Oh my gosh, it was great! But 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 we had to make a change to be able to present music. And there are some of the festivals. I did the Walnut Valley Festival. This is my third year to play that deal. It's a huge festival in Winfield, Kansas. I think they draw some twenty or twenty-five thousand people a day to wow. that thing. It's a four or five days long, and I, this would be my third time. Well, they had to cancel it for 2020, but they said, listen, here's how we're going to do it. <clears throat> so they had to send in a 45-minute set, and then yeah. they did it on a video-on-demand thing, and uh, they let us put up our – they put up their link so that you could make contributions to the festival. And, right. And um, w- they also said, and you can put your own link on there for your own, you know, PayPal me slash – you know, Junie Fisher, right. um, thing to, to do your own, if your own fans just want to make contributions, contributions directly to you. To you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that I, I cringed at that. I was like, oh, I do not play for a tip jar. Oh, my gosh. But it's like, let's go ahead and do it. So I, I did that, and I, I'm, I'm watching it, and then I'm watching it. It's like, oh, my gosh, I, I have people that are watching that, and then they're they're putting something in that tip jar as though they came to a concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then you know, also they want con- to. Yeah, and, and then people made contributions to the festival as well, and the festival did a split with the headline performers that had sent the thing in. So we each got a check for, I think it was about $400 a piece from the contributions oh, that people put in the, those tip jars, which, you know, is what I got total was less than, than I would made at the at the festival, at the festival, but I didn't have to be there right. for five days. Right, right. I was there. I had didn't to have to travel there or anything else. Yeah. I didn't have to yeah. travel. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a big deal right we, there, we too. Have, we, we've had to make some adjustments. I think everybody has, and I've done now quite a few video shows. I just did a video. You know Roger and Leo Alts of Three Trails yes, West? Yes, yes. And Roger has been doing the solo duos where he right. introduces his, his duet partner. He says, my duet partner, my best friend, and sometimes lover. And I say, oh, Roger, you got to take that line out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does duets with himself, which are really fun and really interesting. So anyway, uh, Roger and Leo are, 
great, great friends. And so they, one of them messaged me a while back and said, hey, send us one song, any song you want to do, and, and make it fun and leave gaps in their instrumentals, and we'll do a trio or, like, maybe a whole band thing on with, with you, oh, like wow. a jam session. That would be great. I said, I can send anything I want. They said, anything you want. They don't know how dangerous that is. <laughs> so I did a swing version of Flat Fandango, Turn Cartwheels Cross the Floor. <laughs> oh, geez. A whiter shade of pale, whiter shade of pale, done swing style. And oh, I'm, geez. Well, if this doesn't get me kicked out of Western music, nothing will. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That is great. So, well, yeah, listen, everybody's I get been this, really uh, innovative. <laughs> yeah, well, they need to be. I think that's going to continue for a while longer, you know. Yes, yeah. Until we get people vaccinated, I, I mm-hmm. listened to Doctor mm-hmm. Fauci today, and mm-hmm. uh, and you'll you'll appreciate this. So he said, wear a good fitting face mask, and even if you've had the shot, you need to wear your face mask until yep. we have most of the country vaccinated. So yeah, I agree. You'll be you'll be in business for a while on those face masks. But right now, well, I want to get to another song. Yeah. This is, this is a great song that you did. It's from Sideshow Romance, and it's one called Blue-Eyed Saddle Tramp. And when we come back, we want to get a little romantic today on the campfire okay. because Valentine is coming. But uh, let's it take is. a listen to Blue-Eyed Saddle Tramp, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk with Junie Fisher. <laughs> was a tall drink of water offering his tired horse the same she was gathering wild flowers by the river when he spoke her name he said didn't I see you at the roundup last fall didn't I ride with your cane well, she vaguely remembered that smiling blue-eyed saddle tramp. Sensing a hunger, she offered a meal and her barn. It had been a few years since there'd been a man on her farm. After supper she walked him outside And there in the moonlight he asked her to dance She walked to the whippoorwills with that blue-eyed saddle tramp To those blue eyes Her heart beating wild In her chest He held her close And let one sweet kiss Do the rest 
stars tried to catch her She knew she was taking a chance Falling that night for a smiling blue-eyed saddle trap The sun set to his magic And rose when his boots hit the floor She quietly sighed as he silently slipped out the door She kept her eyes closed, he loped off down the road She cried as she put out the lamp She knew that was the last time she'd see that blue-eyed saddle tramp That was the last time she'd see that blue-eyed saddle Junie Fisher. The song is Blue-Eyed Saddle Tramp. And that is from the album Sideshow Dance. We were talking about the COVID thing, and Bobby Jean has not been with us because Jim's been getting her his second shot today, but she just showed up. So, Bobby, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. It, it feels very odd not to be home talking to y'all. <laughs> I'm in the parking lot here at the pit, um, which is part of the University of New Mexico and the big arena. And that's where they've been doing the COVID shots and uh, vaccine shots. And, yeah, Jim's having his second one right now. Well, good for him. Awesome. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Well, we, when we left just a minute ago, we were talking about the fact that we came back wanted to get a little romantic. And... Um, so a lot of folks out there don't know that you live in my neck of the woods, and that's in Franklin, Tennessee. But tell us a little bit about Rusty and how you got <clears throat> the mysterious Rusty, who some people swear does not exist because I don't drag him <laughs> around with me. <laughs> but he has his own job, and I don't go to his job with him. So um, uh, Rusty and I have known each other since, I think 1992 when I hauled some broodmares to uh, uh, he used to be the broodmare and stallion manager at a big breeding facility in Tennessee <clears throat> and so that's when I had first met him and I knew that he was the go-to guy if you wanted your mares fold out or you had a problem mare to breed uh, I mean he stood stallions for some of the majors he stood stallions for Penny Tweedy who owned wow. the secretariat, and he, wow. he was he was the go-to guy, and then um, uh, he he was working for that facility, and then later I ran into him again. I'm going to say about probably '93 or '94, somewhere in there, and I was eventing, and I had an event horse that needed a little extra something, and I stopped in the feed store to ask about a particular feed 
that uh, and another event writer that I had been helping was using, and she'd had great results. And they said, "Oh, you're lucky. Our our the the representative from Purina is here right now." And I said, "Oh, who is it?" And I know that probably sounds like an odd question to them, but if it's some bodunk that just went to you know five classes, I don't need to talk to him. I right. <laughs> they go, "Oh, it's Rusty Bain," and I go, "Oh, oh, well, send him out, yes." because I knew this guy would know what he's talking about. So we talked about that, and he made a couple of recommendations, and, you know, we went on. So then as he was working with feed stores, when new owners would come in, by the next year or so, I was managing a tack shop, a, a saddle shop yeah. in Franklin. Right. <clears throat> and he he would bring in feed store owners, new owners or new managers, and introduce them to me. And say, this is Junie, and if you have any questions about anybody in the horse industry in the area, give her a call. And she knows everybody. And right. Which was a nice thing. You know, we all, all of us, I believed when I was in that business that we should all have a, the symbiotic relationship with all the other stores. Because if I don't have something, I can send a customer to them. Right. To get it. And the customer always remembers that I was helpful, not that I just said, I don't have that. I said, oh, but they have it over here. I'd make a phone call and say, hey, yeah, they got it right now. They'll hold it for you. So anyway, that we, we knew each other that way. And then, I don't know, it was about, let me think about this. 1999, I had seen him again. He brought somebody in, and we, we just ch- ch- chatted. And then in 2000, I was single. Uh, mm-hmm. I, had, I, had, I had ended a relationship with a <clears throat> very notable songwriter. Who's <laughs> uh, <laughs> now dead? But oh, not geez. by my hand. Not by okay. My hand. But um, uh, and uh, Rusty, I didn't know this, but Rusty had by that time had been divorced for uh, three or four years. I just okay. didn't know him that well. I just knew him, you know, socially and in business, so I didn't know anything about. His, but he had been divorced, and we found out that we were both single. And he said, well, what if we went out on a like, met for drinks or something? I said, well, I don't drink, but I'll meet you for an iced tea. And yeah. so I, so we met in town for an iced tea, and then we stayed and had dinner. So I have to tell this story. Can, do I have time for a short one? Yeah, tell it. <laughs> so, so here we already knew each other. So what we agreed was we already knew each other. We already knew the horse thing. And, and so we had plenty we could talk about. So I said, okay, well, that might be kind of weird because we know each other, but that might be kind of nice to – and I said, listen, if that if, if that doesn't seem like – you know, if that seems too weird to have like a date, we can always just talk horses and catch up <laughs> or talk, you know, talk about people and the horses and catch up. Right. And so we thought that was great. So we so we had a – so I had a couple of iced teas, and, and, and then he says, well, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is going well, and, and I'm getting hungry. You want to stay here and have some dinner? And I said, sure. Uh, yeah, okay. And, you know, All there's right. another date where I couldn't wait to, to okay, got to go. Leave. Oh, look at yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we went over. They, they seated us at this table, and the, the waitress handed us menus, and she said, will this be on um, on one ticket? And I said, let's make that two. And then <sighs> I looked across at him, and I said, I said, listen. He goes, no, I'd like to get dinner. I said, okay, well, I'll tell you. I'll let you do that, but just because you're buying dinner doesn't mean I'm putting out. (laughs) 
And this poor waitress who was about 18 years old, she just died. She didn't know what to do now. She didn't know whether she should leave. Or, and and oh, he goes, well, I'm not either. He said, well, I'm not either. And I said, well, oh, good. We're, okay, you can put it on his bed. <laughs> and we laugh about that still. <laughs> that we, that, you know, we, but we, it was just, it was the easiest date I had ever been on. And uh, uh, we walked out to our cars, and uh, he said, "Wow, this this really was pretty fun. I've just never been on a date that was like easy." He says, "You want to do it again?" I said, "Sure." He goes, "How about tomorrow?" Oh, jeez. <laughs> so uh, we uh, met for dinner, and and I I would never ever let men come where I lived because I lived about twenty five miles out in a remote okay. place. And I just didn't let men come to my house. I would meet them in town. And right. um, the, the, there was one time a few months early, well, maybe about a year before that, I was dating a guy who was a Tennessee Bureau of Investigation detective. And yeah. so like about the third third or fourth date, I think, I decided, okay, I'll let him come pick me up at my place. And then when he dropped me off, you know, he came inside and I was like, yeah, well, uh, it's time time to go. And my dog told him it was time to go. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. And I thought, you know what? Listen to your dog. Dog That's says, right. Time to go. It's time to go. And I never heard from him again. Oh, geez. So I thought, yeah, you know, that, that told me a lot. That told me everything I needed to know right there about that guy. So anyway, right. Rusty was so easy, and, and then I didn't have a dog anymore. So after Rusty and I had been out on a few dates, I finally let him come out. And I said, listen, I don't have a dog anymore, but you got to pass the flipper test. And he said, and the flipper <laughs> test is, I said, well, I have two horses. I have, I have one called Doddridge County. The other is Mach 2, and that's flipper. And I said, okay. you've got to walk in the barn and, and meet, the, and the horses will still be in the barn when you get here, and then I'll kick them out for the night. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta, um, gotta walk nice. up to him. And if Flipper approves, then we, then you're okay. He goes, well, what if he doesn't? I said, then we can be friends, but we won't be dating anymore. Oh wow! Oh. And he goes, and he goes. So we walk in the barn. I had these two chestnut geldings, two chestnut thoroughbred geldings in the barn, and they had you know, their stall chains up, and they had their heads hanging out. He goes, do I get to know which one is Flipper? And I said. Flipper is the class bred horse, which in the thoroughbred industry, there is a look. Okay. There is a there is a there's a pretty horse with pretty markings, and then there's a horse that you look at the bones in his face, and you know that's the class horse. All right. And so All he right. walks up to Flipper, and he says, "Hi, Flipper," and he put his hand on Flipper's forehead, which was the only place you could touch that horse when you first walked up. Really. You could not walk up and like touch him on the neck. He wouldn't let you. Right. So you touched his face. He just was real funny about that. He he was gentle. He was broke but not very gentle. But he would he you had to pet his face first, and that, that just was his his thing. And and Rusty got he got that immediately and petted him. And Flipper let him pet him. And then I said, okay, well we can go out on a date now. And and I kicked the horses out for the night and they trotted on out the barn they crossed the creek and went out in their their field where they go out for the night and he goes well how soon will you get the answer from flipper i said oh he already gave me the answer <laughs> he said what did he say and i said he said that's more like it <laughs> oh geez jeez, that's fantastic that's so a anyway, great story we, we, we dated for uh four and a half years 
before we got wow. married. He had a son. Uh, when we started dating, he had a son who was in the eighth grade, and he um, was really adamant that he get him out of high school, get him through high school, and which I I understood that I that that was perfectly fair and perfectly fine. Although at about three years in, it's like okay, we ha- we got to either have a commitment here <laughs> or, or, or move, move on. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not and it wasn't a it wasn't a if you don't I'll. It was, you know, if you're not going to make a commitment, then I am going to move on. It's not a, it's not an ultimatum. It's just right, I'm, I'm going right. to move on because I don't want to just date you for the rest of my life. I'm going to, I think you're great, and uh, and so, you know, he he had to have a few, he had to have a while to think about that, and I I just like okay, well, uh, bye, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I like cut. Cut off communication. Not cut off communication. He he would call me once in a while, but I was like, no, we're not going on any dates or anything like that. <clears throat> and um, so anyway, uh, about six weeks later, he he calls and he had had this epiphany. <clears throat> and I said, okay, well. Um, anyway, I sort of I, I held his feet to the fire a little bit, but you know he's a great guy, and he's right. He is the most thoughtful and considerate human. He he truly is very considerate and he's very romantic in his own ways and he you know, he, he sends flowers for no reason. He used oh, that's to great. <laughs> that is great. And, you know, he, he's he's very thoughtful and he'll get he'll buy gifts, uh, you know, Christmas time and birthdays that I didn't know I wanted. Oh wow. my favorite gift this Christmas. Now this is a guy who loves me. My favorite gift this Christmas is a heated lap, you know, heated throw, like a like a, a fleece throw with heating coils yeah. in it. And I plug that thing in and put that on, and I'm asleep in five minutes. <laughs> and I'm like burning up, toasty warm, because he knows I'm co- in the winter. I'm cold all the time, and that's a guy that knows that knows me. That's and, the guy that's a know, keeper right there. My friends, some of my friends in Nashville who, you know, live on the more elite side, they go, oh, what did Rusty give you for Christmas? This was some years back. Oh, he gave me an eight-weight, an eight-carat diamond. I go, no, an eight-weight fly rod. <laughs> yeah, they you go, guys love like fly fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you wanted that? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Oh, Why geez. did you want that? Because I had two threes, three fours. About four five weights, a uh, six weight, and I had two seven weights, and I didn't have an eight weight, and I needed a That's big gun rod. And they looked at me like, That's "What's great. wrong with you that you would want a fly rod instead of diamonds? Who wants diamonds? You can't fish with diamonds." That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's great. That's a great story. That is a great story. Well, we're gonna play another song because if I don't, I'm gonna be in trouble. But okay. this is one from the Secret Chord CD. It's called oh. "You Belong to Me." And, My favorite uh, Joe Stafford song. It's great, and and the album is great. So we're going to talk about where they can get your music in just a little bit. Okay. If you don't have secret chords, you want it. But uh, let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more with Jim Fisher in just a moment today on the Campfire Cafe. Oh 
Watch the sun rise on a tropic isle Just remember, darling, all the while You belong to me See the marketplace in old Algiers Send me photographs Just remember when a dream appears, you belong to me. I'll be so alone without you. Maybe you'll be alone.
but he taught them to me on stage. So he'd be behind me leading the orchestra and calling me the lines between lines. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and so that's, wow. I, I learned them that way. And, and I love those songs. And that one I started singing, I was 18 years old. So, I, you know, it's been in my repertoire, uh, but, but I didn't always work with people where I could do it. And then right. like, I can play it on guitar, but I don't like to. So I play it on, on my ukulele on stage just for oh, to be weird. Because, you know, I'm weirder than all get out anyway. So, But I love, great. love, love that song. It was a hit for Joe Stafford in 1953. And uh, her version is is the top of the heap. But it's just, just such a wonderful song. And uh, that that album, I wanted to do some of those songs and pay tribute band leader who gave me a job when I was 18 and and taught me to to go stand in front of people uh, with my little you know dress on it and to sing those songs and um, I wanted to pay tribute to him and do some of those songs while I still was in the mood to to do them well and, I, great. and I'm in the mood now I'm, I'm, I'm still in the mood to do them but the, I, I I love those songs and I wanted to do those kind of different things that that people wouldn't expect and um I'm glad I glad I did that. Oh, I'm glad because you did the, too. The people in my 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 generation, they might have heard those songs with their parents, uh, but people in the generation older than I am, they danced to those songs and fell in love to those songs. Yeah. And when I play sometimes at things for older people, they get up and dance to that in the aisle. Oh, really? And it's so really? Sweet. It's so sweet. Well, it's interesting because my wife knows you very well and, you know, she's heard you perform for a long time. And so when I was going through and selecting songs for the show, she would hear me playing a song. She said, is that Junie Fisher? That is awesome. That is so great. That's things that people didn't know I did. No. <laughs> No, you know, it's it's a whole lot different listen or, you know, some of the other things. Very different, done. yeah, very different. Yeah. And I, yeah. I did it as a as what we would call a merch album. My, my friend Dave Martin, who co-produced that album, uh, I think that was the first album I did with him. Yeah, okay. it was. Uh, uh, and so we call that a merch album. That one, I do it because I can sing Hallelujah, yeah, where I... you belong to me, and people come to the table looking for that CD. Oh, do you have the one oh, with Hallelujah on it? Really? Like, yeah, that's, that's a sales, it's a sales thing, you know. <clears throat> Sing what you can sell and record yeah. what, you, what will bring people to the merch table. And I hate to say it that way because I, I really did want to do those. And I thought, but, you know, if I, and if I, and I was doing Hallelujah uh, right. occasionally, and I thought, you know, if I put Hallelujah on this album, that's going to be the, the, that's going to be the one that that make people remember that they they remember right. because they've heard it so many times. Right. And um, so I I but in going back and looking through those songs again, I just remembered how much I loved them. They were just these wonderful melodies, and the singers that made them hits were just the best of the best. So when I did. Um, uh, I'll be seeing you in all that, That's been done by all the old familiar places Yeah It's a song from World War II And all there's so many people have done it But I 
listened to the Rosemary Clooney version to get the into you know like what what kind of feel do I want? Oh, I want the rosy feel. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and as a matter of fact, we're going to be closing <laughs> the segment with "I'll Be Seeing You," and it was really funny oh, because uh, uh, Liberace. Do you remember Liberace? Oh yeah. Are you oh, old yeah. enough to remember Liberace? Old but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, old. Yeah. Yeah, you know he closed his show out every week with yes, "I'll Be Seeing did. You." Yes, he yeah. did. You know that was Johnny Carson's favorite song. Did you know that? Didn't know that, but so I when can understand Johnny why. Carson would have a musical guest. He would then he'd invite him to come sit at the couch, you know. And he and it used to be I, he didn't do this later, but in the earlier years he would say, "Hey, I have a favorite song. Do you know what it is?" And if that person was prepared, they would sing it a cappella, and he it was like it was always fun. So one evening, uh, there was this European pop singer. Her name was Nana Mascara. I never forgot this. How okay. How I remember Mascara? I don't know. But but she was just, just delightful. <clears throat> and he said, you know, my I have a favorite song. She goes, yes, I can I sing it to you? And she sat <laughs> down on the little steps there but in front of his desk and looked up at him and sang, I'll be seeing you, a cappella. It was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. Because it oh, was wow. just sweet and touching, and he teared up. And I, thought, I never forgot the effect that that had. That that she just did it straight ahead, and that's wow. the way Rosemary Clooney did it. There were no gymnastics. I don't want to hear gymnastics on those songs. Just sing them. And so, anyway, there's there's the story of why I did all these. <laughs> well, um, and I'm certainly glad. That's all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. And I want to get to another song from the CD, yeah. and it's one called "Please Send Me Someone to Love." And oh. uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back and talk with my good friend Junie Fisher okay. in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> Just because I'm in misery 
we'd like to see a full. And that is a hallelujah moment for any writer when an agent or editor asks for a full manuscript. That means they're interested enough in the idea and your style that they're willing to read a manuscript. Mm. So I uh, sent it to them. I heard from them within, I think, 36 hours. Wow. Stayed up all night, read this, loved it. We we want it. Uh, okay. So now we're we're working out the details of the contract on it, and um, you know uh, it's not that I have like power to go. Oh, I want this and this and this. But there's always a few things you can ask for that they may not offer, and if you ask right. for them, you can probably do them. So <clears throat> hopefully that's going to work out. And uh, then after you sign the contract, you also oh, then when's your book coming out? Maybe in a year. That's not how long it takes with traditional publishers. <laughs> oh, jeez. Usually a year. They have they the way out. with the big publishers. It's sometimes a year and a half to two years between Good the news. time you sign it and the time they actually can release the book because they have a backlog. And so anyway, uh, hopefully that will be out. And there there's a love story in that. Oh, okay. there, there is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know people are going to be eager yeah. to find out when the book comes out. It's, so you'll have a, the back. The book isn't a, isn't a romance by any means. It's 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 a story of um, um, a tattoo addicted trapeze artist. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and her career, and then also it's a, there's a, a a story that that goes along the same lines, and it follows the story of her <clears throat> her. Uh, uh, tattoo artist who is a World War II vet uh, who uh, is battling pain and addiction, and uh, so they they both have their addictions to deal with, uh, but they, it, they end up being lifelong friends. But they're both dealing with addictions. So people go, "What's it about?" Well, it's about a, a an addicted tattoo, trapeze tattoo artist, artist and a heroin a, a heroin addicted tattoo. Oh jeez. Oh, re- oh really? I don't think I'll be interested in that, but it's a cool story, and there there is a love story um, that, that's a little bit offhanded, but it, it, it's all fun. It's all in fun, and it was all from real stuff that that I've seen happen. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I, I, I think we kind of – You don't kill anybody in this, do you? I go, plenty. I kill plenty. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, circus. Gosh. People have to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we look forward to that coming out. And we'll have to be, we can talk about the book when it comes out. And we, yeah. we also yeah. can talk about horses and more music. It's oh, always yeah, fun to have you. Always yeah, fun you. to have you with us. So uh, I know people want to find out where they can get their music, where they can find your book. So why don't you tell us yep. where we can do all that? It's, it's Junie, juniefisher.com. And that's J-U-N-I-F-I-S-H-E-R dot com. All right. So check out JunieFisher.com. They, they can also get, uh, my, my book on Amazon, and it's called Girls from Centro, C-E-N-T-R-O. But it's on Amazon, and, and also they can get it at my website, and I'll sign it if you buy it at my website. That's so, yeah, the way to do but it. music is always there. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate Best that. Best way to do it. Well, Junie, you had a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to close out part of the show with the song that we were talking about I'll be seeing you and so I see I look forward to running into you and Rusty in Nashville Maybe that, later. that may happen I may go home at some point uh, uh, all right <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks so much, Judy Fisher, for being with Thank us today. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for playing right. the tunes, too. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.
through the pain I heard they'd gone and shot down old Stonewall Tom Whip said he'd let my wife and children know I'd die A hero on the battlefield, a hero in their eyes To the Lord above I pray each night to these great Virginia skies Just once more let me see the light in my darling Nancy's eyes To the Lord above I pray each night to these great Virginia skies Just once more let me see the light in my darling Nancy's eyes I'll die here with the memory of my darling Nancy's eyes I'll slip away and dream forever of my darling Nancy's eyes. Mr. John Chandler. The song was Nancy's Eyes. It's time now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Lady Radio Network. Mr. Robert Eversole is an expert in horse camping and trail riding, and he's a pretty doggone good trail cook boost. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Good to have you. We're kind of celebrating Valentine's Day. Little bit there you go the regular stuff so i'm just going to jump in and ask you how did you meet celeste met celeste through a ponies uh our first date was at a therapy center and so got to watch her working with a bunch of ponies and kids with challenges and i thought well she's one i can take home to mom there you go. I wanted to uh, to hang out with her more. I figured I'd have to get involved with, with the critters. And so 23 years later, here we are. Wow, wow, wow. Congratulations on 23 years. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So where was your first date? Uh, it was the therapy center. I met her there, um, okay. did her thing, and then went out to dinner. Took her Wow. Home. Wow. <laughs> Introduced her to mom. Is, uh, eventually, is, yeah. <laughs> eventually. Okay. All right. All right. So do you have any romantic plans for this Sunday for Valentine's Day? Well, you have to. It's it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, we're going to have a nice nice romantic dinner and, and stay home. <laughs> good, good, good. How about in Washington, by the way? I I miss that. I say, how is your weather out in Washington right now? It's uh, crisp. It was nine degrees this morning. Nine. Uh, supposed to drop. Yeah, nine. Zero zero nine. Uh, what would that be in in Celsius? That'd be what I have no minus idea. minus fifteen, sixteen, something like that. I can't do the math in my head. It was brisk. Mm-mm. Yep, uh, the west side's getting some snow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, that's a good time to stay in. 
and for romantic dinner at home. Are you cooking or is she cooking? Exactly. I'll figure I'll do the cooking. I, I, well. I like the cooking. And after all, after you introduced me by saying I'm a pretty good camp cook, you know, I I, I, I got to be making dinner after that. There you go. There you go. So <laughs> what what is your what is your specialty? Oh heavens, there's so many, Gary. <laughs> Whatever recipe looks good that I see on the Food Network that day. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we don't want to give away too too much. It could be a it could be a surprise for Celeste. Anyway. But anyway, that congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. Well, so we. What about we, you, newlywed? What uh, are you um, doing for Valentine's Day? My wife is actually performing on Valentine's Day in Belt, Montana. Belt, Montana. Belt, Montana. And uh, just hang on just a minute. The temperature in Belt, Montana right now is uh, minus 17. I'll stay here. Thank you very much. Yeah, and the high today is minus 15, so that tells you a little something. Yeah, that and that tell, tells you why I don't want to live in Montana. I like visiting a lot, but I don't want to live there. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty – I didn't even tell you what the show was, but uh, but that's what's going on. That's what's going on Valentine's Day. So. Okay. That has been set up for a while, so that's that's what. But it will be a bit, <laughs> as you say, brisk, you know, in Belt, Montana. Yep. This weekend, so. Well, but now, she's Bobby kind Jean, of is, is she on? Bobby Jean's husband. We haven't talked about COVID much today. We did a little bit in the first part of the show, but uh, her husband Jim is getting his second uh, shot today. And so oh, she is, excellent. She's, yeah, so she's been driving him there, and uh, so she's not with us today. So we oh, will miss her. Want... We missed her for the first hour, but we'll miss her for the second hour. She loves me. Yeah. Well, it's important to get that, that second shot. I, I I had to do a bad thing this morning, Gary. What did you do? I had to cancel a uh, a, a clinic, the Iowa Horse Fair. Oh wow! Uh, at the end, at the end of March, it's still going on, which really surprised me. Uh, all the others have been canceled, I think. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I I talked to my physician this week. You know, we've got the vaccines up here in, in Washington, of course. But right. you know, if you're in the low 50s, you're going to be waiting quite a while, and you're not a first right. responder. You know, right. so so I, and and I don't want to fly. <laughs> Yeah, without that jab in the arm, I just don't don't feel safe about it, you know. So yeah, so it, it hurt my heart to say, hey, I'd love to come, but let's try for 2022. It's the only wow. uh, clinics that I've ever ever canceled. I'm still kind of bummed out about it. Well, that is that is kind of a bummer, you know. The yeah. the thing that I have found is is that the airlines are being pretty careful about their flying. Um, yeah, and and I, I've gathered that as well. I just I just didn't feel good taking a chance, you know. Well, I don't blame. And it was too far to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I canceled. Uh, I, I I didn't cancel. I 
postponed the flight back to Nashville's family. Uh, yeah, uh, but we're we're planning on going in March. To okay. Back, so, yeah. So we'll we'll just have to see how that goes. But it doesn't hurt to be careful, particularly as the uh, new strains or strands or whatever they call these things yep. are are kind of hitting. You know. So you exactly. Just better safe. Better safe than sorry. Now, what about you? You got your shot yet? No, no, no. Got to wait. No, okay. got to wait. But, but you uh, are as soon as I can, I will. As soon as I'm okay. eligible, I'll go ahead and get the shot. And uh, I have reservations about doing that. And uh, and I think that's what people should be doing because uh, from the conversation that we've been hearing, uh, people still need to be wearing their mask, and we are very diligent about doing that when we're out, um, mm-hmm. but even after having the shots, we need to get, yeah. uh, we need to get wear a mask until more of the country is doing that. Yeah. So. I, I think we're going to be wearing masks. I, I, I think that's just here forever, you know, a pain in the butt, but I, I think it's just, we're going to be like little Asian women on the air in airports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it just what it is, you know. Thank heavens for being able to get out and about and and open spaces, though. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, we had talked a little bit about what we we're going to talk about with horses, and you do some great, great articles. Uh, and so, with the trail riding season approaching, and it is. And the trails will be a safe place to be out because you're always social distancing, hopefully, on the trails. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit about uh, your your story about hobbling. And I have never hobbling. hobbled before. I've never hobbled a horse. I know they're different. Oh. Nope. Nope. Well, this is so hobbles for horses, not some type of, you know, people. 50 Shades right. of Grey, you know, furry right. line things. So. Right. Um, so hobbling for horses, I I didn't really know anything about hobbling until we came out west where it's more of a thing. But right. I think any animal can 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 do and is is improved with hobble training. Um because, you know, if, if they're used to, to having the bracelets on, if they were to get, you know, uh, wrapped up in wire or fence or something like that, they're not going to fight and get torn up quite so bad. That's at least my theory and my vet's theory. Right. Uh, so whether, you know, I hobble mostly for the backcountry, so I put the hobbles on when they graze, you know, in the morning and night, um, and it just it doesn't – it slows them down <laughs> for a little while. It gives me a little bit more margin of cushion. Um, but you know, hobbling, it, it's, it can be uh sporty getting them used to it. Uh, I think there, a lot of people have heard, you know, stories about, you know, you put the bracelets on and the horse has a, has a, has a snit and goes over backwards or what have you. And nobody wants that. No. So I've been working with, with Coco, you know, the, 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 the Coco bean, the munchkin, uh, right. Last year, I just didn't have time um, 
Is that a right way to say it? I didn't have time. I didn't make the time. <laughs> that that would be better. That would be better. Yeah. yeah. I didn't make the time to um, to introduce Coco to the Hobbles last summer. We had enough to do just getting the getting saddles on and everything else. So I just right. held her when we went went out. Um, but you know what better time than now? Heavens, I got I got. Could you got snow plenty of time for her to fall in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah plenty of time. So, yeah, so you know, for for hobbling, uh, I I start without the hobbles really. I want them used to, you know, stuff wrapped around their their, their legs and ropes and what have you. I mean, you when you're ground ground working, you know, any, anything can be a game. So can I rub a, a rope all all around her? Can I kind of swing it and 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 catch her leg with a rope? That kind of stuff until until that doesn't bother her. And uh, you know once once we're there, then then it's time to hey, this is my foot. Gosh darn it! <laughs> and and you know can I pick up all of her feet? Can I pick up her feet? You know just a you know loop a loop a rope like a lead line around a pastern and have her give me a foot and we do that with all of them and and I I I don't I don't count that as done until I can lead her around by a foot any foot okay um and it and it you know and just slow and easy but it makes for a nice game of it you know I, I can just see her furry little eyes you know when I go out with an extra lead <laughs> you throw it and and yeah yeah her grab a, a rear hoof and all right let's go for a walk sweet Pete. <laughs> Oh wow! And you know, when, yeah. So once we're once we're there, then then I take her out and put the hobbles on. And so far, that works pretty well. All right. How long, Robert, does it normally take to uh, to to get a, a horse or mule accustomed to hobbles? I, well, I mean, that's kind of an open-ended question, Gary. Uh, Right. I mean, how long does it take them to get used to having ropes, you know, rubbed all over them? How long does it take them to to give a, a foot willingly? Um, if, if if when I go through all those steps, doesn't take any time at all. Um, you know, with Coco, I've been working with her on giving the foot uh, and, and leading ever since we got her. So okay. I, I I don't I don't have a have a, a hard number for that because there's just so many variables. If if I were smart, I would have I would have started it in one linear process, but I'm not. <laughs> okay, so you just kind of work on it as you can. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And then, well, a couple weeks ago, you know, when hey, it, it's 2021, gosh darn it, and I've got some trips this year. <laughs> We need to introduce the bracelets to Coco. So I spent probably a week um, just going over the, the the ropes, and then the following week we uh, did the leading thing just to get her back in the practice, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and after we did that, we had had a late dinner one night, and I got out the good feed, the uh, the really rich <laughs> alpha, alpha that she'll do tricks for, you know? Oh, and, um, so we had dinner late, uh, took her out in, into a big open space where I knew the footing was safe. 
put a flake down, and all she wanted to do was, you know, feed her, feed her face and gorge. And so while she was doing that, I put the put the hobbles on, gave them a, a, a good tug so she knew they were there. Right. And just let her eat. Uh, and kept them on for not long, well, 15, 20 minutes. She may have taken three wee tiny baby steps, you know, enough to hay. Oh, yeah, they're there, but I can reach that bit of hay. Right, and right. And then done. And okay. then the next day, we did it. We did it again for a little bit longer. And the next day, we did it again for a little bit longer. Um, for me, I always like to associate uh, hobbles with, with good things. You know, the hobbles aren't a punishment. They're, they they mean I'm going to eat. Right, so, right. You know, I don't um, I don't look at them as as a restraint so much, but rather the precursor to food. And I want them to think about that. So the hobbles are the happy place. Okay. Um, and so far, it it's worked. I've done that same thing with uh, with Ellie and and Ruger, and none of them have had had any issues. Uh, Ruger, because he's Ruger, he's my big teenage teenage boy, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he's figured out that he doesn't have to take wee tiny baby steps. He, he can, he can stretch those legs out and lunge forward and really move, move and cover some ground if he wants. So I think maybe, maybe next week or so, we're going to break out the three legged hobbles with him. He likes to, uh, be mischievous, if you will. <laughs> all right. All right. Now that brings up another question. Uh, what kind of hobbles are there? Are there a variety of hobbles that you can use? Oh, goodness. I think you could write a dissertation on different types of hobbles. Yeah. There are so many different types. Uh, and you've got your figure eight hobbles. You've got your buckleless hobbles. You've got your Mormon hobbles. You've got all these different sets. I guess if they if you were to break it down in, into the 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 major genres, you've got a figure eight, which is kinda like, you know, the the name describes. It's a figure right. eight type of thing where you it's got like two rings and you run it through one ring and through the other and it kinda makes two little nooses on the end for their feet. Uh those are really nice because when you're not using a figure eight hobble you can just buckle it up like around their neck. I know a lot of friends of mine who who use hobbles, uh, and they'll just put it around their neck like a collar, okay. going down the, down the trail. Gotcha. Uh, I can't do that with mine. You know, I just hook mine on a back on a back ring. Um, so you've got the figure eights, my buckleless ones that I really like. Um, they don't have buckles. Uh, they got a little tab arrangement, uh, which I like a lot because. I don't want to be around. Hoofs are hard. They are hard. And I don't want to be around a hard hoof when they're all kind of antsy dancy. Hey, I'm going to eat. It's time to. It's time for dinner. I don't want to be around a a, a, a hoof when they're antsy like that. And when it's cold and wet, buckles are just to me they're a pain Difficult. in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. For the tab, you don't have any of that. You squeeze one thing and pop it in, pop it out. Okay. Um, so you have those, and then they look wicked cruel, but I've heard they work pretty well. They're called Mormon hobbles, and they're made out of chain. Uh, okay. 
and and they've got like a little T thing that goes in in the in, a, in the link to uh, you know make the little loop for their pastern. Um, and the the guys that I know that use them, it's mostly outfitters use them. Um, they they swear by them. They said that okay. they won't they won't pull pull hair. Say and you know, granted some of the guys are selling them, and of course they're going to say they <laughs> they don't you know sore anybody. Um, but you know, just the whole idea that it's you know something that I don't have to maintain. Right. Um, I, I kind of like that. So okay. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, my my. My tab hobbles work great, but there's just so many different types of hobbles out there. And I think you just got to look for what works best for you. I know for me, you know, I, before I had the pack animals, I wanted to get the lightest hobbles I could find. So I got hobbles that were uh, nylon, and they had the, the fuzzy fleece lining on them, you know? Right. Because I want nice and... Nice soft fleece, right? You know, hey, it feels good mm-hmm. on my hand. It's gonna feel good on his leg. Right. Well, that works great, but where do you hobble them? Where it's dirty and there's dirt and brush and sand, and even if you keep them clean, five minutes out, they're gonna be filled full of briars and brush and sand and sore them up. And that's right. what I what happened to me. So. All of my hobbles now, you know, a material. I guess as long as I say material matters. And so all my hobbles now are uh, smooth leather. Nothing can gotcha. nothing can stick to them and rub. So gotcha. just stuff to think about. But I think hobbles should be the happy place, all different types, and think about the material. <laughs> well, that's that is good advice. And uh, yeah, I could I could sure see having problem with the nylon and fleece type hobbles. Yep, but that feels nice on your hand before they get dirty. Yeah, yeah, well, so it does. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a romantic song. This is Joni Harms, and it's one more than your eyes can see, and we're going to come back and talk more with Robert the Trailmeister Eversole in just a moment on Saddle of America. With a heart the size of Texas, he'd do anything for me. He's more than your eyes can see. Last night when I was with him, I saw your disapproving stare. If you weren't such a good friend, I wouldn't even care. Oh, I know you think you know just what I'm looking for. But I've let you fix me up a dozen times before. He's more than your eyes can see. His rough, calloused hands hold me tenderly. With a heart the size of Texas, he'd do anything for me. He's more.
faded blue Wranglers, old flannel shirts. Most of the time his pickup shows a little dirt. He's got a faithful border collie always by his side. And a horse that he calls partner fills his heart with pride. And he's more than your eyes can see. His rough, callous hands hold me tenderly. With a heart to side to take, he'd do anything for me. And he's more than your eyes can see. Got a heart to side to take, he'd do anything for me. And he's more than your eyes can see. Today on Saddle Up America, and we're talking with Robert Meister Eversoul. And uh, Robert, you were just talking a little bit about this uh, expo that you had to cancel this time. So you, you're getting the music already, and you're working on the hobbling. And where are you going first? What's your first? Well, trip? the the first place we're going to go is. Uh, Ty Evans Clinic. Ty Evans okay. is a mule mule clinician that I'm a big big fan of, and he's got a clinic um, in June, first part of June. So that'll be a nice way to start getting everybody uh, legged up. So I will be in uh, in, in May. I am going to be on the East Coast doing doing some clinics, and so when okay. I get back from there, get tuned up myself, get the girls tuned up. And uh, and then the first big trip that we're going to go on, we're going to go up along the uh, Canadian border. Uh, we've talked about the uh, Pesatan Wilderness before, right? So right. we're going to we're going to venture up there for ten, twelve days. A different part of it. We're going to head in uh, further further west than what we generally do. See a little bit different. Well, with six hundred thousand odd acres, there's a lot of place to roam. So yes, there is. Yeah, so we're going to try going into a, a new place to us uh, for for a little bit. And so that will be our first first big run. And then then we're going to go into the Bob Marshall there in Montana, where it is how, how cold again in Bell? Minus 17, it was a minute ago. Yep, so it will be cold. warmer there in August. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Yep. It, it yeah. may not feel it early in the morning, but oh my it, will be, it will not be minus 17. So we're going to head into the Bob uh, for a little while. And then I've been toying with the idea. I mean, I've been to the Bob a million times, and I've been to the Pesatan a bunch. Uh, I want to get out a little bit further. And so I've been toying with the idea of going to Wyoming to the Wind River Range. Uh, okay. Heading up the uh, yeah, heading up the Continental Divide there, you know. Uh, right. I think that would be just a hoot. Uh, the pictures look marvelous. It'd be a new place where I've never never been before, um, and a bit of a humble brag, but 
there's not a whole lot of places where I haven't been at this point. <laughs> well, you you um, do pretty good track around, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So, but I think the Wind River would just be a hoot. And I I mapped out um, a route, a place called there's a place called Turpin Meadows in Wyoming, and it's a, it's a pretty popular trailhead. A lot of outfitters head out of there. And okay. it is, uh, as the crow flies, or as a crow flies less, but trail miles looks to be about 37, 38 miles to uh, Yellowstone National Park. Oh, wow. And you, you ride in, I forget which wilderness it was, but you ride in through the wilderness, and you can actually ride to Yellowstone Lake. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. You know, the south side, of course, it's a pretty big place. But I thought that would be just a hoot. You know, it'd, it'd take you a good if, – if we call it – if we round up and call it 40 miles, you know, since I have a tender bottom and I can't be expected to ride forever, um, you know, that that could be a nice leisurely, what, three-day ride in? Stay at the lake think. a couple of days and leisurely ride out. I think that could be a, a lot of fun. And certainly the the area is fascinating. Um haven't done enough research to know if, if we'd be by any geysers or, or um, you know, what do they call the the bubbler things for the? Is that a geyser? Are they all geysers? Even uh, if they don't shoot out of the ground. Uh, well, I don't know whether it is or not. Hot springs. Yeah. Hot springs. You know. Yeah. Yeah, hot springs. I don't know if there would be any hot springs along along the route. I was kind of noodling over, but wouldn't that be the berries to find a hot spring to? To, to call call it an evening at. It would be. It would be. I don't yeah. think I'd want to get in a hot spring, but it'd be nice to be near one, you know, around one. How about a lukewarm spring? <laughs> a lukewarm spring would be okay. A lukewarm there spring. There you would go. Be okay. Well, that's that's kind of an exciting thing, and um, yeah, so we can look forward to talking with you about some of these adventures that you're going to be taking. Yeah. Throughout the I, year, I that's think the, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think the the one for me the, some of the best parts of the trips are planning them out. Um, you know that whole well, what what's in the area? What, what am I going to get to see? Learn a little bit about it. I mean, it's one. It's like if you go to a museum. It's one thing to go and say that's a pretty painting. It's a whole other thing to go and know about the painting beforehand. Uh, yeah. Before you yeah. see it. So. So yeah. So. Well. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's exciting to make plans and to actually do is is mm-hmm. a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of fun. So, and if I remember correctly, you're going to be at True West in Tennessee. Yeah, sometime. yeah, yeah. Yes, when- uh, in 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 May. And okay. off the top of my head, I could not tell you which weekend, but yes, in May with uh, Donna. Donna Martin. Okay. Donna Martin, yeah, up at True West. Yeah. That, that should be fun. Sure you'll get down a, to uh, Cherit Creek Lodge sometime while you're there. Yes, so that'll we be talked a lot about that before. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a good trip. And that's a packing clinic I'm doing in Tennessee. So that's going to be right. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, helping people uh, realize those dreams that you, you see on the front of the magazine covers. There you go. There you go. Well, you just are a busy fella, and I don't know when things are going to change with these expos and, and events that are taking place. Um, 
due to this COVID deal, but hopefully by the middle of the year, things will have opened up. And and you need to you need to put on your calendar to come visit us in uh, Utah at Bryce Canyon in September. I know. Yeah. I know. That would be a excellent trip. That would be a great trip. Beautiful, beautiful area. Beautiful area. Well, we look forward to having you back next month and finding out what's been going on with the Trailmeister. And uh, maybe Bobby will be with us. I know she always loves cooking and uh, <laughs> and different things. So. And we may have to find out what kind of cooking you did for Valentine's next month when, when you're back. There so you go. I think I think the after is is a better chance for before because I haven't the foggiest at the moment. <laughs> I'll let you know how it turns out. <laughs> All right, let me know. Let me know. Well, Robert, we'll see you next month. Thank you, my friend. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Stay healthy. Bye bye now. All right, see ya. We're gonna listen to a great song called "Cowgirls Make the Rules" by Mr. Terry Brown, and we'll be back in just a minute on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Cowgirls Like a certain kind of man A cowboy With rough but gentle hands And they like it When you're wild as the restless wind That blows But they love it when you're smart enough to know Cowgirls make the rules that's the way it's always been They threw their rope around you Lead you home and fence you in Yeah, cowgirls make the rules But the reason that they make them Is to see if you're cowboy enough to break them Like a soft and tender touch from a cowgirl He can never love too much When the time comes to saddle up and hit the trail They'll let you know And you'll come back cause they let you go Yeah, cowgirls make the rules and that's the way it's always been they throw their rope around you, lead you home and fence you in. Cowgirls make the rules, but the reason that they make them is to see if you're cowboy enough to break them.
brown cowgirls make the rules, and that's pretty much true. But it's been a great show today. Had a lot of fun with Junie Fisher on for the Campfire Cafe, and always great to visit with our good friend, Mr. Robert Everson, Trailmeister, on Saddle of America. Next week, Mr. R.J. Vandegrift will be joining us for the Campfire Cafe, and we'll have an outstanding guest on Saddle of America. We do want to remind you to be sure and check out Equestrian Legacy Radio's Rendezvous 2021. You can visit our website at equestrianlegacy.net to find out all about that, but that will be in two locations in 2021, in Tennessee in June, and then we'll be in Bryce Canyon area in Utah in September, but it will be days of trail riding, music concerts, shopping. We have great clinicians that will be hosting horse clinics both of the locations, and it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. So be sure and visit equestrianlegacy.net to find out more about that. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We hope you all have a great Valentine's Day, and, uh, and you do what you need to do to celebrate your sweet Valentine. That I will look forward to celebrating with mine. And right now we're going to close out the show with a great song that she did. This is Arizona in Her Eyes by Mary Kay Holt. We want to remind you to climb in the saddle, get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio at equestrianlegacy.net. Thanks for listening.
Yes, he sees there's a 